I'm Riker, and this is Pilot. Boom, 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 boom. What's the matter with your boom, 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 boom? Come and get your love. 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 Uh, so you were looking up this song before we started, and I asked you why you were looking yes, this up. because that's the intro to Farscape, when uh, Peter Quill, Star-Lord, shows up in, um, <laughs> shows up in a Kirkland generic version of the Star Wars universe, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, introduces us to the universe of the short-lived sci-fi semi-original Farscape. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And for the people who are not as deep cut nerds as we are, mm-hmm. can you uh, simplify that language? <laughs> Layman's terms. So uh, there's not really any catchy music in this at all, mm-hmm. which would make it hard to like use music from the it show. Would, as yeah. Intro. <laughs> One would think. Yeah. So I, you know, felt like um, John Crichton was the main character of Farscape SG1 here. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> Uh, reminded me of maybe a little bit of uh, the Star Lord character in Marvel. What is that? The movies were Guardians, of the, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, I was gonna say the one where they all come together. Oh, that's the Avengers. That's the Avengers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that was like his theme song, mm-hmm. and he's like a man from Earth who ends up in you know alien so deep universe. Yeah. Oh, I like the parallels there. That's that's beautiful. Plus, he's like um. You know, our main character, he's a, he's a scientist, but he's like the young, cool guy, right? Um, and, uh, well, you know, has a common voice for a sci-fi show like this. Yeah. Remember, later on, he brings up Buffy the Vampire Slayer, so it's like he, he riffs on Did I miss a Buffy culture. reference? No, not in here. I was remembering oh it while God, we were watching Oh, my God. I was it. like, was I asleep? So, uh, Peter Quill shows up. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and... Um, uh, he is a pilot for IASA. Uh, I assume that's International ASA. Um, <laughs> I was going to look it up and forgot to look. What, I mean, surely the N in NASA stands for National. National yes, Aeronautic and Space Administration. Is that it? Uh, yes. Wow. And it's like Ooh. if I got um, administration confused with association, I'm still going to take it. Not association, but, you know, another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if I'm off just by an administrative word. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's because I'm a Trekkie. Do most people know what NASA stands for? I don't know, yeah. Because I think of the scene in Star Trek The Motion Picture where where Commander Decker finds out that V'ger is really Voyager and he says, ASA, NASA, National Aeronautic and Space Administration. He became the dad on 7th Heaven. I haven't seen that either. (laughs) Okay, so... um, (laughs) We're in the late 90s. Yeah, yeah. I don't know when the show takes place. John Crichton, uh, astronaut from IASA, uh, has a theory he's going to test. He's a pilot and uh, feels like there's maybe something bad's going to happen after this launch. Um, uh, and uh, before he... Do you want me to keep going and incorporate it? Or Yeah, if you okay. want. Yeah, Sorry. No, it's fine. I realize we could edit this, so I'll just mm-hmm. slow down and think what I'm trying to say. Uh, he's feeling, oh, he's feeling the doldrums the night before. Like, maybe something is amiss. Maybe I got a pretty weird feeling about this. We meet his douchebag friend, DK, who's a, <laughs> who's a like a backstreet boy. He's just a 90s, like, sideman. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. He looked so familiar to me, and maybe that's why I just kind of immediately liked him. He didn't look like a real scientist to me. I mean, none of them do. Yeah. <laughs> They're all Hollywood actors. Like, none of those. We just graduated from New York Film Academy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now I'm going to play a scientist. It did seem very unlikely to me that John Crichton was a scientist and not a pilot. Like, truly a pilot, just specializing in that. The fact that he was mainly a scientist was weird to me. Yeah, that he introduces himself as, I'm a scientist. Yeah, I don't know. And it... 
that is kind of weird too because like wouldn't somebody normally say like i'm an astrophysicist or i'm a you know that's so yeah no scientist says i'm a scientist i'm a man of science yeah he says (laughs) like he describes himself based on what he does for a living yeah right (laughs) it's like well i'm a hydro whatever guy i don't go around telling people i'm an analyst do I? Do I tell people? I'm no, nobody knows what you do. <laughs> I'm Chandler. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> You're Barney. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my yes. God. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> Thanks. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, start telling people you're an analyst. You're going to have to start answering a bunch of top secret questions. No, I think I need to just have Barney's response to it. <laughs> what? What's the response? I, I forget. He just shuts people down, and it's like it turns out it's the it's an acronym. Oh, I don't remember. Oh no, it's oh please. Oh please. Oh really? Yeah, and it stands for something. Oh, like, I don't remember that. He, anytime somebody asks him what his job is, he goes oh please. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, it's great. Oh, that's brilliant. I didn't know it. I'm gonna start doing that. No, Obviously, please. that's the thing to do. Yeah. Because I hate describing my job to people. It's fun to me. Don't give me your looks of sympathy when I describe my job to you or fall asleep. How rude. Just don't ask. Quit asking people what they do for a living. Anyway, continue. (laughs) Uh, Or learn to take it better when you're too dumb to understand. That's how I feel. It's like I don't get what that means. Yeah. (laughs) So, computers. (laughs) I know. That's why everyone in my family thinks I do computers. Anytime there's a computer, they're like, hey, there's this computer job we think we'd be really good for. And like, oh, I'm not an engineer or... My phone's a Motorola. (laughs) You just have to shake it and the light turns on. I'm just saying. I know. I remember thinking that there was all... Because you were into computers. So I thought you knew something that I didn't about Motorola. And then I was like, oh, so it's like a gigapet with smartphone functions. (laughs) Fuck off. Wow. (laughs) Wow, taking shots. <laughs> no, I thought it was some like professional thing that I didn't know. About. No, I mean like Android was like, is oh, always going to be better than iPhone. That's but... a thing that only computer people know. About. <laughs> no. Okay, although if you do want to be techie about it, yeah. the reason to get Motorola over any other Android is because they have less bloatware than any other manufacturer. Bloat? Bloatware, like which the is stuff that makes them bog down, so they become dumber by the um, next year. It's the stuff that you cannot uninstall. Oh. The space that, while they advertise that you have it, never is consumable by you because their quotey fingers free shit is on there, and right. it's not free. It costs you everything. It's awful, and oh. you don't use most of it. You're right. That was getting techy. See, <laughs> I have a techie. See, region. you're into computers. <laughs> I never contested that. <laughs> You do computers. Okay, but that's not what I do for a living. I'm just, you know, born of the century and, you know, not totally behind the times. Although Instagram and Twitter will always baffle me. Always. You know, before I knew what Twitter was, and I feel like this is everybody. Of course, I knew what it was, but I've never been on it. Like, nobody's really ever been on it that you go out and talk to. Mm -hmm. You don't go talk to people. They say, oh, yeah, I saw they tweeted that earlier. Yeah, I know. It's always Insta. Yeah. Um... (laughs) So nobody says that. So like before the common folk even figured out what Twitter was, mm-hmm. all of the uh, all the elites had already cannibalized each other on it. <laughs> yeah, truth. <laughs> it's like it was so inside. It like it was so in. Yeah. Like so in, so deep in that we heard about it on the news, like what all the famous people have been doing on Twitter. And then you watch everybody lose their career on Twitter. And it's like, yeah, I don't think so. Why can I go on a Twitter? <laughs> you crazy? Die. I know. I know. I've thought about dropping it, but you know, oh, I don't you have do it? anything. Yeah. Oh, the our Twitter. Yep, I have ours okay. and I have my own. Instagram would be good for us if, <laughs> if we used one it. day. Okay, so Peter Quill. Yes. Uh, meet his douche friend, back friend DK, and we meet Donkey his Donkey Kong. <laughs> yeah, his cool um, hero dad, famed astronaut father. Um, who I thought the stuff with the dad was pretty effective it was cute i liked it yeah it um it seemed like they had a good bond not a bad relationship but he definitely feels like he's kind of in a shadow of his father and wants to be a like you know he's a scientist not a not a hero hero yeah exactly so so that was an interesting you know what actually that's probably that's right there that's why he doesn't introduce himself as a pilot 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, his, I know, right? Because his dad was the great adventure guy, and he's been hiding behind that shadow forever because he was never the one who's going to be a hero. Um, <laughs> but you're right. It was it was tasteful, or whatever word you want to use for it. Uh, but it, it was effective, I think, uh, in creating some backstory for him because they, while he was in his father's shadow, he didn't resent him for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of nice. So anyway, they, so we build some heart with this character right off the bat with the father-son thing. Yeah. And the buddy from, from college, DK. Um, and then uh, his theory is that he could use the gravity of the Earth to create a speed boost, making intergalactic travel possible. Yeah. And he it worked so good. Uh, that <laughs> In he, ways he couldn't fathom. Yeah, that he slides into the sliders... Mm, portal that's a sci-fi channel reference we'll get okay there i was gonna weeks. say they just called it a worm tail they didn't invent something <laughs> on the spot like that a wormhole worm, what did i call it worm tail damn it what is a worm tail <laughs> it's a harry potter thing <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's a rat <laughs> oh i'm glad it was something nerdy i thought it was gonna be something country <laughs> oh yeah no it could go either way with when me, the horse it? gets worm tail mm. gross <laughs> right so he ends up in the middle of uh, Kirkland generic Star Wars version of uh, Rebels fighting the uh, Empire, which is uh, his new ship uh, pulls him in, mm-hmm. docks him. Uh, Moya, the ship, we find out soon. It's all. I was trying to figure out who the yeah, hell Moya it's a was living for a while. Ship. <laughs> I vaguely recalled that. Yeah, um, it's a biomechanoid living yeah. ship. I like the word mechanoid that so was, much. That was well done. Yeah, I had to write it down. It mechanoid. was like, ooh, that's a... Hmm. Anytime you get the opportunity. <laughs> Anytime. When, when will I have this opportunity? Can Better you help me it. plan it? Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I will. Or I'll grasp for this word and then be very angry like 10 minutes later when I remember it. Okay. Um, yeah, so Moira, the biomechanoid ship, houses a crew of fugitives that have been prisoners on this ship heading to a prison planet. Uh, They get introduced to our buddy John Crichton, who's taken prisoner for a while because there appears to be a war. We get introduced to a bunch of lumpy-headed characters. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Not Klingons. Yeah, but if there was a Klingon... um, Yeah, it's Kadargo. Yeah. I wrote Klingon next to him. Basically a Klingon. Yep, Dargo. Uh, Slightly that's more funny. friendly than the Klingons, though. That's funny because I was thinking the same thing. That Okay, so if those were Klingons and then the bald girl was like a Beta Z uh, or Beta Zoid. And I'm making the connections thinking how, like, when I was a young nerd writing mm-hmm. up Star Trek fan fiction, I would have just repurposed stuff like that. So when you find stuff that's... Uh, I always wonder how strongly something was influenced. Oh yeah, absolutely. by a producer who was clearly inspired on some level by Star Trek and Star Wars and all the all the majors. Yeah, I mean, even in this episode, uh, John Crichton specifically calls out Close Encounters, which is why I wrote that one down. Mm-hmm. He goes um, something about Steven Spielberg got it wrong. Close Encounters, my ass. <laughs> <laughs> of course, uh, exactly, because it's like, oh man, Steven Spielberg got it wrong. Uh, the real world was way trekkier than mm-hmm. you would think. <laughs> the real world was way nerdier than you think. So it feels like a, you know, like a love letter from a sci-fi fan to sci-fi fans. Yeah, I really like that. Yeah, which I think uh, probably it captures our. I'm jumping all around. I'm trying to go go with the flow here, but I was going to say that what captures our genre. Absolutely, can we, I'm say, glad. can we get can we get to that point? Let's do that. Yeah, right. So uh, that I think captures the genre is that it's it's a sci-fi show um, that stands out in a universe that's familiar to nerds. Absolutely, who like geeking out. So you know we're comfortable with the lumpy heads. We're comfortable with the uh, made-up lingo. So I like for me, it's funny that you see you see the rubber-headed aliens, mm-hmm. and if you're comfortable with that, yeah. Like, if that's something that you can quickly lower your, what do they call it? Um, suspension of Suspension disbelief. of disbelief to accept. Like, I could get there pretty quick. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And then somebody like my grandma walks in the room, who's always her whole life. Now, mind you, Star Trek came out when she was like 30 years old, right? So, so she's well primed for this. So, this is not a my grandma's elderly kind of comment. Uh, she's <laughs> never 
gotten it. Like if it's if she can't accept that this might be real, she has no interest. And I think that's a generational thing to a degree. I think so. Yeah, it's uh, impractical to fantasize like this. Yeah, so something in like their childhood didn't accept, it didn't provide time. And you know, she was a kid during World War II, so I could see why why uh, we didn't spend a whole lot of time getting lost in fantasy land. Right. Maybe. Because she'll do, like, CIA stuff. Like, she oh, loves well, if she... it might be real oh, okay. and it might be, yeah. But the lumpy heads. So she does not come into a room and see a lumpy head show on and go, sweet, what is this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's a lumpy head that I don't recognize. Not to be speciest, but I do not recognize speciest. that lumpy head. <laughs> <laughs> and she comes in and goes, oh, God. <laughs> One of these. So Star Trek's on. <laughs> Anyway, so I think that's fun. Um, genre, pretty effectively established for me. It's a sci-fi show in which we accept lumpy-headed aliens. So anything's possible. Yeah, actually, and the one comment I did put for the conventions for the show um, was that human is alien. Like, that there were sure, alien or there were human-looking people. Like, I would have assumed that they were human. Um, and sebations. Gonna, yeah, sebations is what they call them. And he goes, um, a human, I will personally enjoy pulling you apart to see what you are made of. This yeah. is the our villain guy. Did you catch his name? Crace. Crace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Captain Crace. <laughs> Grand Moff Crace. <laughs> is that a throw to uh, Mandalorian? It's a Star Wars thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moff Gideon. I finally finished it. I don't know if I told oh, you. Really? I finally finished Mandalorian. How I'm all caught up. Oh, it's so good. I was really fired up about it by the end of season two. Season one, I was really not sold. And I kept saying, I'll keep, I'll come back. I'll watch you next season. But season two came out. I thought, all right, I'm sold. I have to say, after having watched it, I owe you a little bit of an apology. Oh. It is, It has a lot of parallels to Firefly that I did not appreciate before. <laughs> and some that you may not even realize, I think. But it's we'll because talk about I said, it when you watch Firefly. Okay. It's because <laughs> I said it's a Western. Yeah, I pushed back on it being a Western, but there are just the storylines and the the other themes are definitely... It just doesn't feel like a Western, whereas Firefly felt like a Western in the sense that, like, Young Guns feels like a Western. It's Western in motif. Mm Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, And and it's definitely Western in Mm -hmm. motif. Yeah. Uh, Oh, definitely. But the... But Firefly is an American Western. Mm Mm-hmm. Like... Yeah, like the American exactly. West. It's a frontier show. Mm-hmm. An American frontier show in space. Yeah. So it's it's um, Western in style. Yes. Right. Exactly. So I, I see I see the the reason for the pushback. Anyway, just Fun. just that to say I watched it, I appreciated it. Well, Wouldn't have watched it if it wasn't for this podcast. So uh, uh, nice. <laughs> binged it. Uh, right. There's a podcast. There's pilots the podcast creating positive change in your community. <laughs> As Shout out speak. to Gara, who also binged Yellowstone. Thank you, Gara. <laughs> I also need to binge Yellowstone. Admittedly, I haven't done that yet. She said it was one of our best episodes, which I agree with. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I don't know how she feels about the rest of them. Yeah. She didn't say. She, no, she loves <laughs> She's. She speaks very highly of it. Oh, really? Yeah. So that was a big compliment. Saying, yeah, absolutely. Saying, I listen to it. I enjoy it. Yeah. Um, I, I, um, even as your family, I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Whether she would be or not otherwise, but like I choose to be a fan. And uh, and then said that one was good. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> <clears throat> Write us an email at pilotsthepodcast at gmail.com. That's pilotspodcast at gmail.com to tell us stories of how Pilots Podcast is making positive change in your community. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. What have you binged, guys? Hashtag binged. <laughs> uh, okay. So... Uh, Genre, we checked that off. I think that's where we left off. Yes, pass. Okay, and uh, then let's talk characters. Uh, we got all of our characters by the time the intro started, which was... False? Oh, <laughs> I see what you're saying. <laughs> by the end of the intro. Right. Yes, because yeah, yeah. before the intro, we just got John Crichton. <laughs> and then in the random intro, then we see the, like a peek at all the people we're going to see. And then we see all of those people, which was an interesting choice. I have not. I it, I think of the ones we have seen, we have not seen that happen it's yet. It's old. It's old TV. Is it wasn't broadcast it TV. So I found out I didn't, I never knew this, that this was an Australian show mm. that the Sci-Fi Channel at some point, maybe always, I don't know when, uh, Gave money to 
the you know in partnership in the production mm-hmm. of the show. Yeah. Uh, and then it was eventually canceled season four because on a cliffhanger. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, yeah. I didn't watch it, but I remember thinking, oh, that's yeah, how they right. let like they let Farscape go quietly into the night, huh? The spaceship shows were all going down hard at the time. Yeah. It was a sad day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the anyway. nerds weren't loud enough, I guess. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was, where was I going with that? Uh, season four. Oh, yeah, Sci-Fi Channel. Am, uh, it was actually an Australian show, mm-hmm. I said. So, you think back at the time, uh, and there was always just the old cheesy intro. Um, and it's like it never got updated. Like, it was so important that the old cheesy intro would be on every episode. Yeah. Like, today they would have made a creative choice and just given us, like, a just a graphic. I was so sad when Mindy Project dropped their intro, though. Like, when it yeah. just became, like, a vanity card, basically. I was yeah. like, wait, where's my song, damn it? It's on Hulu now. Like, you have all the time you want. Hulu. Oh, I actually learned a fun fact about that mm-hmm. from Taylor, of course, my boyfriend who just knows everything. Um, the reason that um, streaming platforms are compelled to give you the option to skip the intro is you're taking up their bandwidth, man. If you're just oh, watching really? the intro, like, because people don't skip it usually. They'll go into the other room and just, you know, use it. Like, I, I don't know about you. That's when I grab my snack, my popcorn, my potty break. Like, I get it all done during the intro. And then I come running in, you know. No, right I as don't it start it until it has my full attention. This is why that's no, your but technique. there's a cold open, and then all of a sudden you're like, ah, shit, I need this. You've never started something. No, I know like, exactly ah, what you're talking this. about. Yeah, yeah. but uh, but <laughs> I I will pause it. Yeah, like I'm either watching the intro or I'm not watching the intro. Like oh. Star Trek: The Next Generation, I'll always watch the intro. If the Wonder Years were finally made available and full on streaming, um. I don't know. It might be somewhere, but I think it got held up like with the DVDs. The oh, Wonder yeah. Years, like I would watch the intro every day for that. Mm-hmm. Like I'll watch the intro now and then if it means something to me. Sure. But there's other things like House of Cards had the longest intro. Oh my God. I skipped it every time. Oh I watched God. it the first time because I always and try to give so a show that. Boring. Yeah, it was awful. Well, I'll always watch it the first time because I want to know the tone that the mm-hmm. show is sitting exactly. for. Exactly. Which brings us back to our point, which is it sets the tone for me that this is an old cheesy show oh it is yeah by old show old tv standards yeah but still you see every character in the intro before mm-hmm. we've met them in the show and it's totally bizarre it is yeah wouldn't have been bizarre at the time which i think okay so to jump ahead a little bit when john Crichton is imprisoned and there is a dark helmeted figure in the room with him that we suddenly are aware of that oh you're in here with the other person who we don't trust um, the reason I assumed it was a female, I'm realizing, is because there was a female unaccounted for in the opening ah. credits. Yeah, I was like, okay, so we've seen everyone else. Check, check, check. Okay, where's that lady? Other female. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, intro, we meet all our characters in there, and then we get to start putting the pieces together. Know who to expect. Yeah, right? they do it pretty quick. Right. So, we get uh, two aliens who are running the ship. They yell at Pilot, who I think this is how he exists. I think mm-hmm. we always see him. He's like um, Zordon and and uh, what was uh, R2-D2's name in Power Rangers? <laughs> Zordon and... Uh... I wasn't allowed to watch Power Rangers. You should know this. There was fighting. <laughs> Hang on. I need to be able to pull I this I feel up. like we covered this in Cobra Kai. Am I wrong? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I haven't listened to Cobra Kai in a while. That's fair. That was... You know, I have to say that's we would have ex- you will have experienced that conversation three times because if you remember, we had gotten partway through recording for that episode and then realized that our actual mics weren't working. It was just the stupid laptop mic, and we had to start over. Right. <laughs> but we did it way better the second time. I think <laughs> we nailed it. Yeah. Well, maybe we should practice every time. We don't have time no. for that. <laughs> okay, it was Zordon and Alpha. So this okay. here Alpha 5. I don't remember the 5. So Zordon and Alpha, that's like, um, in this case, the ship and uh, Pilot. So Pilot's just mm-hmm. down there in the brain of the ship. Moya uh, and Pilot? Yeah, Moya and Pilot. Yeah. Uh, it almost seemed like a, mm, what do they call it when a, a parasitic, Oh, no, a symbiotic, symbiotic relationship. relationship. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. That was yeah. You knew. You felt I knew. it coming. I felt You it should coming. have said it a minute before because I know you had it earlier. And you're like, Thanks. Oh, yeah, I wanted you to What's be able the word? to say it. 
Symbiotic? Symbiotic, yeah. Seems like maybe there's a symbiotic thing going on there. I don't know. Uh, I looked up. I saw that this was a Henson production, which is... Jim Henson? Jim Henson. Oh, that makes sense. The animation. Yes. I, thought, I was... I was going to say that, but I was like, I don't want it to be like offensive that it's like Muppety or anything, but like no. the anime, it was actually really good animation. puppets. Yeah. Yeah. Puppeteers always. I love it. Always see a puppeteer use animatronics when they produce non-puppet shows. Were you ever into the labyrinth? Did you grow up with that? No. Ugh, it was so good. So there's the labyrinth. This one with David Bowie. Mm-hmm. Okay. I never know. Is like, <laughs> is this Pan's Labyrinth or Labyrinth? Because Pan's Labyrinth, I really wanted to see. Yeah, it's a whole different ball game, though. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's certainly nothing alike. like. I don't know anything about it. Not even a little bit. <laughs> about which one? Tell Pan's? me everything about the labyrinth. The labyrinth? Because I, I get asked this too often, and I still don't know anything about it. Really? Okay, so there's this girl. She has to babysit her, um, I think it's half-brother, mm-hmm. um, for her mom and stepdad. And she's very dramatic. You get her at the very beginning. She's, like, practicing scenes from something. Um, so she's just very melodramatic to begin with. And she... Um, just throws a fit about babysitting and says, you know, like, I hope that the, you know, she, from her book, she's like, I hope the goblins take you away, um, you know, and to the goblin king. And it, you know, they show up and actually take her away. She had said like the magic words that mean they will actually show up and do that thing. Mm -hmm. So then she's fighting for the rest of it to get him back. It's a really, really weird, like, my ex- explanation of what actually happens is nothing to but do with like what the show's about. Okay. It reminds me of the never-ending story. <laughs> it's one worth watching. Okay. So, yeah, I, that Put sounds Put it on right. the list. Because people have keep, seen I've it? asked it, and I don't think so. Mm-hmm. But I've never, I've always gotten that sense that that's what it's about. Yeah. Like a uh, rock and roll um, Wizard of Oz. Yeah, it's fun like because it has a musical Like a Alice in Wonderland. It. Yeah. Okay. All right. Am I wrong? No, I think that that sounds yeah. Oh, cool. Pretty good. Well, you know, I do this shit professionally. <laughs> Not <laughs> movies though. That's pretty cool. I know, but maybe maybe I got a movie career. Movies me. that made us. <laughs> oh, we do. <laughs> okay, so uh, where are we at? Oh yeah, we're talking about Alpha and Zordon. Yes. Um, but you know what? If you look at what they did with the animatronics. It's funny that I lose myself in the characters and when I'm looking at Rigel, remember as a kid looking at Rigel thinking that that was a fun character. Mm-hmm. Um, so it maybe this is just back to the uh, suspension of disbelief idea, but yeah. I really have an easy time accepting Rigel as a character. Mm-hmm. Like when they were, if they were to do reunion shows yeah. in years to come, it would always be disappointing that Rigel's not there. Yeah. <laughs> because they feel like a part of, because they are a part of the main cast. Why wouldn't they be there? At a reunion show? Yeah. Because he's a puppet. <laughs> oh, you don't think that they'd have the puppet and the guy who like controlled that puppet? I don't have any idea. Uh-huh. I would just, I feel like you still look at the unit as a unit. Oh, the, and, like he's a real person. In the, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a fully realized yeah. character. Yeah, that's a good point. I think that's my favorite thing about this show is that it feels like the the universe is fully realized. Like, they feel like, you know, they had their whole history of, you know, what's going on with the peacekeepers. And I was like, yeah, they. it seems like they have this kind of really fleshed out. And, yeah. you know, they're very surprised by any human anything. Uh, yeah, good point. Yeah. Uh, like there was a like there was a nerd thinking this mm-hmm. up for years, yeah, and had this whole backstory he wanted to tell, yeah, um, that probably didn't get time to get explored as much as you wanted. Yeah, four seasons is not much. No, probably but there's a sci-fi. Farscape, probably a Farscape revival in the works. Right, I have to say, for a, a sci-fi though, that feels pretty long. What's that? Four seasons. Four seasons. Yeah. Um. Well, this was. Between the decline of Star Trek and the rise of Battlestar Galactica. Ah, Battlestar. So it had a weird placement in mm-hmm. sci-fi history. And it was in a weird spot. It was on Sci-Fi yeah. Channel. Back when Sci-Fi was a... Uh, they picked up Sliders, um, which was originally on broadcast and then became a sci-fi show for several years. Yeah. So they were flirting with original content 
not just because it started out as like old sci-fi classics. Mm-hmm. So like they were becoming a, a network to look out for at the time. Yeah. So it's kind of a novel series, I think, for that reason. Yeah. Um, but it's also came up in a, came about in a weird time in history where Battlestar Galactica was like the only spaceship show, I feel like, around. And it's certainly the only one getting any acclaim. Yeah, that makes sense. So that probably, I got a thing that mostly worked against it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and it felt a, too, a little too lumpy-headed still when that was out <laughs> for a little while. Yeah, that's a good point. Not to be specious. <laughs> I appreciate that you always say that. <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, so I thought everybody was really interesting. I think you put it well when you said that there was backstory that was, seemed like it already knew itself. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we get John Crichton, we get, uh, Moya the ship pilot we mentioned. We mentioned Rigel, who is an, uh, animatronic, but he was a ruler who's falsely imprisoned on this prison ship heading to this prison planet. Yes, that's correct. And he throws his weight around like he's, uh. Like he's the still the, a ruler. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, he definitely operates as though he's the boss. Mm-hmm. So he's a privileged kid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Zan, Zan or Jean was too hard. Um. Okay. So I got Payo, Payo Zotan Zan. Maybe. Yeah. Pau. 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 Oh, no. Zotan, there's a click Zan. in there, too. Pau Zotan. No, there's not. There was. There was a clicky thing. You're screwing with me. No, no, no. There was, there, was a, uh, there was an affect to it to make it sound like a unearthly language. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you do that a little too well. <laughs> uh, so she is the blue-skinned, bald-headed lady. Yes. Very gorgeous for a and bald lady, especially. When they Delicious. talk about, yeah, when they talk about the fourth sensation, she's definitely like Joan from Mad Men. Oh, is yeah. to Farscape. <laughs> oh, <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that like uh, she had a presence. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So she's a priest. She's a Delvian, mm-hmm. uh, and she was a leading anarchist on her planet uh, and she's experienced the fourth sensation which we don't know what that is yet but it sounds sexy yeah so um it does it does and it seems like they're kind of setting up something between her mm-hmm. and dargo know, dargo yeah ka dargo Kadargo. <laughs> <laughs> uh okay and then we have uh dargo mm-hmm. who uh he's he's a warrior sounds like he's young for his race. Yeah. Uh, he's thirty cycles old, twenty eight mm-hmm. cycles old. Yeah, he's thirty cycles old, and he has been on this prison ship for eight cycles. Yeah, and he is there because he killed his commanding officer, fellow soldier. Mm-hmm. Um, and what was it? There was one other thing. Oh yeah, uh, he said he's seen two, two like wartime. I can't remember the word they use. Um, campaigns. Yeah. Two battle campaigns. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and she says, that's it. So he sounds like he's kind of adolescent in his species. Yeah. Uh, and his solution, everything seems to be, let's break it and see what's in it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the Klingon would be ashamed of him. He would just, yeah. He'd be a Klingon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he's a Klingon. He might even be a Nosigan. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, as soon as I saw him, I was like, oh, yeah, he's Worf. Right, exactly. So true. <laughs> so true. Uh, and then we pick up in that initial uh, space battle, which John Crichton arrives, which is was, I think, the dullest space battle I've ever seen. Oh, my God. No. I mean, that moved at such a slow pace. <laughs> well, and you just don't know what the stakes are yet because you have no idea what's going on. So spending that m- amount of time on that particular piece i would have cared more for the interaction between these people who have just met each other right which was well done i mean i thought i thought the interaction was well done yeah absolutely. Uh, and but it's like that's how they delivered the because it was supposed to be under pressure yeah and there was no sense of pressure it's like oh they're they're lobbing uh yellow lights at us very slowly (laughs) and it's having a result and it's like What's the result? Like, I don't know. Do you guys have shields? 
Yeah, I didn't hear about anything failing in the ship. Like, normally it's like, oh, Sector 4 yeah. is on fire. <laughs> there wasn't that much camera shaking. It's like, do I care? Yeah. Because it seems like I should care. And then, then she goes, ah, oh, you did it. Mm, yeah, you did it. What? You did it. You got the codes. And it's oh, like, yes. is that good or bad? Like, you don't seem that happy about it. But it sounds good. Maybe yeah. I misunderstood something. So wasn't a great action show, but it was mm-hmm. some great character moments. It was. Yeah. I think, and that is kind of what's drawing me to it for mm-hmm. sure, that the characters seem good. Yeah. For sure. Uh, but that's, in that scene is when we pick up a rogue, um, before they call them peacemakers, they call them prowlers. Prowlers. Oh, I thought that that was the type of ship that peacemakers are in. That was it. I mean, okay. yeah. I mean, they were talking about like, let's send, send the squadron out. Yeah. 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 Um, send out the prowlers. Yeah. Those are the prowlers. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's where we got our last character of the main cast, who uh, is a prowler that ends up becoming part of the crew because the bad guy, Captain Crace, is a real jerk and basically throws her to the wolves and makes a fugitive out of her as well. Yeah, they say that she is irreversibly contaminated. Right. Um and to wrap up plot while we're just kind of mixing mixing and matching, uh, the resolution to this episode is escaping Captain Crace's ship by employing the theoretical maneuver that landed John Crichton into the situation in the first place. <laughs> I know. Risky move. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's, I kind of wondered, though, if he was like thinking maybe we'll create another wormhole and make it home. Yeah. Could have... Uh, um, resulted in it could have been many ways that yeah. that you know that's the thing about wormholes you know i don't know anything about you never them. know what you're gonna get sometimes i think they're worm tails <laughs> <laughs> sometimes they are <laughs> sometimes it's raindrops falling on your head other times it's splish splash i was taking a bath you know what i'm saying <laughs> All right. Um, and that last character, by the way, I don't think we called her out by name. Her name was Aaron's son. Yeah. And I really love the way they spell our name because it's it's like um, aer- aeronautics. Oh. I so was... it's like Aaron's, I, I don't know, Aaron's son. I don't know. It was really cool. Aaron Soon. A-E-R-Y-N. I thought it was son, but maybe it's soon. Aaron Soon. Now I have no idea. Anyway, that was everybody. I thought mm-hmm. they were, they coheded nicely. They were cohesive. Yeah. As a crew. There's a character missing. I can't remember her name. Hang on. we got to pull her up for, for the hardcore fans. I would be remiss to not mention. What's her name? <laughs> yeah. Her. Yeah. Her. Claudia Black is Aaron's son. Gigi uh, Edgley, who plays... Gigi Edgley? Yeah, who plays... Hang on. Chiana? C-H-I-A-N-A? Chiana. Chiana. I had the hots for her when when the show was on as a kid. As a kid, my mom and I used to watch this quite a bit together. And it was kind of hard to catch it, so you'd see it here and there. I found out as I was... uh, getting my facts my fast facts fastened (laughs) don't you steal that from my (laughs) jenna fisher (laughs) um from the office ladies podcast yes (laughs) she starts with fast facts and i love it i love structure it delights me we have a looser thing than that we do but sometimes (laughs) we tighten it up and it's fun stuff right it is good we're rewarded for doing it (laughs) anyway uh we would watch the show and i Mm -hmm. read on um What's the one that everybody has it in the world? Wikipedia. <laughs> okay, so, sorry, that's the way you describe Wikipedia. That was. <laughs> it all came together. Yeah, that Wikipedia. That's the part that I was thinking of. Like an encyclopedia. Like, yeah, kind of like that. Oh. Uh, so yeah. the, the <laughs> Wikipedia mentioned that Sci-Fi Channel 
aired the show like Firefly. Mm-hmm. All sorts of scrambled, at least for oh, the first season. Order, I think no. they tightened up later on. But it be it was hard to find the show, I feel like. So it was hard to make it yourself a consistent I had never follower. heard of it before my coworker, Beth, had handed me the box set and was just like, hey, you need to watch this. Like, I had never heard of it. Mm-hmm. And I asked you and you're like, yeah, Farscape. And I'm like, what, am I hiding under a rock? I mean, granted, I only had broadcast TV and maybe that was it, that you just don't hear about it if you don't have sci-fi yeah well especially at the time because uh at the time cable channels were also ran networks it's like oh yeah and maybe some of these deep nerd cuts that a couple hundred thousand people or a million people would be watching yeah when everybody else still watched broadcast tv so you know yeah, you really wouldn't have heard about it mm. it was sci-fi channels you know show that made it that made it so that they could start making more shows that you know eventually brought us things like Mad Men and Breaking Bad <laughs> and, the evolu- and then Netflix, you know, in the evolution of yeah. the streaming wars. More on that later. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Angry Beaver. Dramatic Beaver. Dramatic Beaver. Angry Beaver is <laughs> a whole different jam. No, it's the same thing. That's where it... Uh, is it? Bum, bum, bum. Dramatic Beaver. Oh, it's an Angry Beaver scene. Yeah. Oh, wait. No, Dagger you told me that. this. And I keep thinking it's Angry Birds. Oh. <laughs> like, that's a whole different thing. I don't know. I don't know. Where the hell are we? Um, we had just finished up characters. How do you rate characters? You would, oh, I um, wanted to mention Shiana. Yeah. Yeah. And you did. Uh, and uh, Scorpius. And then Scorpius. I was just saying I watched the show as a kid. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'd never seen the pilot before. I didn't realize some of those characters didn't come up until later. So I just wanted to make sure that they were mentioned because uh, that's how I remember the show. Oh, that's fair. Good. I figured uh, Scorpius is who I told you. Oh, is this going to be S&M space killer Squidward? Oh, yeah. Because... The little R2-D2 character that I got instead was like, I just don't see it, man. <laughs> no. Yeah, I know he didn't show up. Uh, so anyway, there's other parts of the show that I remember best about the show that aren't here. So that's yeah. kind of interesting. Makes me want to continue watching. Uh, never seen the whole thing. Uh, but anyway, Ooh. we passed characters. Yeah. Uh, very strongly, I would say. Oh, definitely. The best part of the show, I would say. Yeah. And then we're looking at uh, plot. What are you expecting in the weeks to come? Plot. Um, well, the main thing was that John was going to be looking for his way back to Earth. I have a feeling, though, knowing nothing of the actual science that got him here, I think it's going to take him a while to get back. So I think he's going to get to know these uh, new friends. I mean, after all, they were in the intro. Yeah, right? I know. That's kind of what I'm feeling, that yeah. this is uh, maybe a combined effort. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how I describe it. Say pass. Yeah, pass. That's on plot. Pretty simple. Pretty simple. Uh, and that to some degree we'll see strange new worlds and to another degree we'll have mythology. Yeah. Hook. Something that kept you needing to come back for more. So I said this feels like kind of a ragtag crew of criminals plus John because I didn't really feel like he was criminal. He's kind of the, sort the of heart a, of them. Sort of a reverse stowaway. <laughs> exactly. So I'm kind of looking forward to exploring the more fleshed out world because I did feel like there was a lot going on and I'm kind of interested to see what John is kind of, you know, shown up into, like literally out of thin air, what he's, what he's gotten himself into. So um, I just, I felt like the world was fleshed out and that's kind of what I'm looking forward to seeing. And obviously the characters, um, but just kind of how they relate to that world, I guess. I think the show would have benefited from... Uh, so would you pass that? Yeah, I definitely want to watch more. Cool. I think the show would have benefited from maybe letting us in a little bit better on what the, say, the war is that's going on. Like, I wish there was a little bit more establishment of, and maybe there's, maybe that's, you know, going to come over the weeks. But uh, it seems that there's a war going on, or a, mm-hmm. a an continuing conflict yeah. of the... Um, sebaceous glands versus everybody else absolutely uh and i i guess i want an idea of what is the common threat because mm-hmm. there's a common threat and it's not just captain crace like what yeah, is he seems pretty small potatoes. yeah right what are we in the mix of and so i think we ultimately had a weak villain i think i'm biased in saying that because i want to remember how scorpius fits in yeah um who's really look him up he's the artwork that went into creating his character is a really compelling design interesting okay he's pretty ominous reminds me of ivan ooze Mm, but like okay so i pulled up the character names because obviously it was happening i don't know the coming at you quick yeah the alien names i just i always have a hard time with (laughs) 
And I don't like apostrophes in the names. It just, it's hard for me. Yeah. I don't know. It's a personal problem, obviously. But yeah, I just, I wasn't following it. (laughs) (laughs) There was a lot of things that I read that like were very clearly given Mm -hmm. to me as an audience member that I didn't remember um, that you said, what is that? Yeah. And I thought, oh, you're, you're not. You're not speaking the language as, as quickly, I, I think. Yeah, they're the throwing Trekkie, it at you're you so in. fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's already written in Star Trek language. Yeah, it really is. Mm-hmm. Oh, we almost I mean, should have saved this as a Star Trek. Yeah, right. <laughs> Anytime there's an apostrophe in a name, it's like, yeah, I know exactly what to do with that. Like, yeah. I could write Klingon names for you. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I think I would have liked to know a little bit more about what's going on in the universe, what the common threat is, uh, and not having a common threat. What I'm left with is, um, is John an interesting enough character to care whether or not he gets home. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I think that's a tall order. Yeah. Uh, and yet I think, yeah, I mean, he's, he's interesting enough, like barely, like he's barely (laughs) interesting enough. Which yeah. is not an insult, but it's like, like there's for me, there's something missing that why am I not totally hooked yet? Yeah. Um, and I don't know what that is, but uh, I thought for the purposes of what they set out to do, uh, with the strength of the you know the clear genre that I like, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> you like sci-fi, yeah, that what? I that I nerd out for. What? Uh, for that, like if I wasn't a nerd, there would be no hook here. <laughs> yeah. But oh, since yeah, I'm a nerd, fair. it's like, yeah, but the characters are really compelling. Like they are, as yeah. sci-fi goes, a little connection with his dad, the heart that they created for this character. Mm-hmm. He was a well-written character for what a simple thing we're looking at. Yeah. So yeah, I will say that the characters are in- interesting enough to hook me to, to want to continue. Yeah. But I think there's something in there that, you know, it's probably in the plot that, mm-hmm. uh, can we, if we strengthen the plot, the overarching plot a little bit more, mm-hmm. would would the would I need to come back for the story? Absolutely, I will say something that I really wish I could have written on my purple card, which is for plot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I only had what John's doing, and obviously, you know, he was only a tiny piece of that cast, mm-hmm. and I don't think he's getting home anytime soon. So, like, what's happening in between? I will say that's. Thinking about it, that is something that would have I would have yeah. benefited from, like knowing, you know what what they're doing next. Yeah, where are we going? Yeah, exactly. We have no idea where they're going now, right? Yeah. He's just sort of shutting in for the night, like okay, we'll kick my feet up and go to bed and make make home here for a while. It's like no, there would be a lot of like there's a lot of exposition that you might you know that I think that they could pretty reasonably let us in on by letting him in. Hmm, I think I might want to change my plot score. It, it it may still be a pass. It's just a very weak one if it is. Because, yeah, I don't really... like. I know what John's objective is, but obviously he's not going to get home. Like, that's right. that's not our next episode. That's probably not this season. Good point. Yeah, such a so, good like, point. So, like, what are we doing? Where are we going? I don't know where they're going after the prison break. Like, I have no idea what their plan was. Which... We've broken from prison. Now what? It's making me feel again. Yeah. Why is this groups to, why are these people going to stay together? Mm-hmm. Why would the rest of them want to stay together? And why are they going to stay together for you? Why does anybody in our universe or universe give a shit whether or not you get home? I will say their, their chemistry is still compelling enough that I am interested to find out more because I have a feeling within a couple of episodes, they'll tell us, but the plot I think is probably give it a few episodes. Uh, the plot, yeah. If you score each one of them individually, yeah, yeah. probably give it a few episodes. Um, but I don't know that I would go so far to say it was a failure. Yeah, that's fair. Because it at least makes me think. Well, I could give it a few episodes. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the subtle difference. Maybe we just added a score to our our scoring spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> give it a few. No, I want to give it a few. <laughs> they laid some really interesting seeds down, man. No, it's true. So they don't have to give you everything. That's fair. I'm interested in watching more. Yeah. So while I don't know the overarching plot, it's compelling enough that I do want to figure out what that is. I agree. And if, if I can simplify the way that I feel about it based on what you're contributing, which is maybe, <laughs> no, no, this is what I was leading to is yeah. that maybe the plot score n- needs to be downgraded. Um, I could see why that would be the case. And however, I I still think that it just I it's an area that could have used improvement. Mm-hmm. Like like yeah. is it passable? Yeah, I get it. It's passable. I get he's not going home, so that's not what we need to focus on. I get that this is the show, but um, 
but why? Yeah. So it, yeah, it was, it was no great TV drama, but it was effective in setting an expectation. I think so. Yeah. And I will say, I don't know that I want to downgrade plot as a category. Thinking about our um, Shadow and Bone episode, that was killer. That was brutal. Their lack of plot. I was just like, I have no idea what's going on, so I have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah, truth. (laughs) Not to spoil Shadow and Bone for you guys, if you haven't listened to our review of it, check it out, episode 34. It was rough. It was rough. If you read the books, it might not be so rough, but oh, it was rough. Yeah. If you read the books, you should really check the show out. It was made <laughs> just for you. Just for you. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. <laughs> they spent a lot of money on you. In fact. <laughs> Netflix loves you. <laughs> um, cool. So that took us to Hook. So Yeah. So I would, I would give Hook a pass, but because cool. Pilot, because Plot had a... A week pass. I would give Hook a week pass. Overall, though, mm-hmm. um, I say you have a very effective pilot. Yeah, absolutely. I would have picked that up and brought it to series. Yeah, that's fair. I like that a lot. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, we need to do something that we uh, skipped around a bit. We need to take a moment to judge Amazon Prime's app. <laughs> yeah, that is where In we our... watched the sh- series, even though I was so kindly given the box set, uh, which I will be returning <laughs> because those are precious, obviously. Um, and now I can watch it on Amazon Prime. So um, let's see. Our Do you have our uh, You said it to you me. Yeah, to okay, okay, let's do it. All right, so uh, Amazon Prime describes yes. this episode, season one, episode one, Farscape. Astronaut John Crichton, on an experimental space mission, is accidentally hurled across the universe to the midst of an intergalactic conflict. Trapped among alien creatures wielding deadly technology and hunted by a merciless military race, Crichton is on an epic odyssey more spectacular than anything he ever imagined. Yeah. It was good. It was, I have to it say, was very it detailed. was very good. Yeah. <laughs> Amazon, I have to give it points for more than that, though, okay? So, Amazon, I wish I could watch more on it. They I, ha- I they don't have enough content, unfortunately, but when they do, my favorite thing about it, other than the summary, which is, like, apparently very good, <laughs> let's, like, great summary, that gets a pass, but the fact that you can pause at any given point and just oh. do the arrow down, and it tells you who is in this scene, the characters, like the character names and the actor names. So if you have that moment of what the F do I know this person from, you don't have to think about it. You just pause, you look at this thing, and it, it, it points you right to it and everything they've been on. It's got kind of the IMDB plug-in to it. It's really great. It's a pretty impressive piece of either technology or, you know, luxury. <laughs> I don't know which. Yeah. Like, like if it's only that sp- specific and that perfect because they're paying somebody to label every scene and it's like mm-hmm. wow that's really time consuming yeah like, that's oh be. this is handcrafted this is yeah. luxurious or it's really good at populating who are in those scenes which is a very impressive piece of technology either way it makes for a very nice user experience oh it does that's yeah. like worth that's worth commentary either for the effort or the sophistication yeah so, uh, do you award or take away points for the summary, and how many? Couch points? Yep. How many couch points? Uh, oh, I give it full couch points. Full couch points. Yeah. Okay. How, how many is that? You got to award an arbitrary number. Know. That's the whole thing. I know, it's got to be arbitrary. I was keeping it intentionally vague. All the points? <laughs> you don't 42 say. points. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, that's five points for yeah. sure. Five points. Cool. Excellent. Yeah. Okay, but so now we have kind of a scaling system because I say that the ability to figure out the cast and all that is at least 45 points. <laughs> the IMDB plug-in aspect of it. Yeah, but you know that I meant five to the third power though, right? No, what is Five that? times 10 to the third power. <laughs> Don't do this to me. Don't make me math. I need like a calculator or a pencil. <laughs> Don't make me do this in my head. So what do you say? You you said that, uh, okay, I'll take your five points and raise you what? Because 45. Of the 45. <laughs> I mean, we're awarding it total? to the same. No, no, no. I, I, was, I was saying I'm awarding a separate additional 45 points because if that's... If that's what you give as far as thank you for that amount of, um, you oh. know, excellence, 
that I'm saying, yes, I'm going to praise this excellent even more because it's at least nine times as amazing. Right. Well, it's couch points. So yeah. Yeah, I'll do the math. It has to be arbitrary, though. <laughs> it's mostly arbitrary. I'm I doing... think that's my favorite thing about because <laughs> it comes from Hogwarts house points. <laughs> And they just arbitrate, like, why is this thing worth 15 points and this other thing's worth a million points? Like, is it just because you need this character to win and therefore you get it arbitrarily? Right. So, you know, all that to say. Rules don't matter. Here. Rules don't matter yeah. here. We're just throwing numbers right. at it. So, so uh, I'm doing math in my head mm-hmm. and I say um, for that, yeah, probably solid 20. Solid 20. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to stick with my 45 but, for the thing. But just for the uh, description, yeah, it was like reading a description for a book. Yeah. That re- that like kind of created a world for you. Yeah, it did. It was like, oh, that it almost felt like, it almost made me like the idea of reading a book. Yeah. <laughs> Which I would never do because I'm a professional TV critic. Yeah, absolutely. You don't have time for that. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. It's not It's not your medium. No. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Any quotes? Ooh, I do. Let me uh, let me check that card. So one that was from... Hang on. I got to pull up my character cards with it because names. Sorry, guys. Um, Dargo had said how he survived the genetic sieving process. I do not know. When he was talking about John Crichton, um, Crichton he was... Just kind of basically saying that he's a lower intelligent being. <laughs> well, and Aaron established, which I forgot to mention, that mm-hmm. she was bred to be a peacekeeper. Oh, yeah. She so, did say that. Yeah, it sounds like there's a lot of uh, genetic hand picking going on. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's all I, I had. Oh, okay. I've got, oh, you I've have got, more? I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I've got a whole list. I, fill, I filled up oh. my blue card. <laughs> um, so I can just run through these really quick. Um, I thought it was kind of a nice character statement, I guess, on Aaron. Um, she says, compassion, what is compassion? And yeah. John Crichton goes on to describe it. And she goes, I know this feeling. I hate it. <laughs> so I really liked that. Um Let's see. Um, when John Crichton was shooting the bad guys, he goes, I'll fill you with these yellow blasts of light, uh, which was hilarious because it's like, ah, sci-fi, pew, pew, pew. <laughs> I don't know. It was really nice. I appreciated it. Well, he was saying too, like the phrase would be, I'll fill you with lead, yeah. which nobody would say. Nobody. Uh, yeah, I Like an old gangster movie, that. right? I'll fill you with little blasts of yellow. So it was pretty on the nose. It was uh, like, rec- it was not breaking the fourth wall, but... Like, yeah. maybe we could climb the fourth wall and acknowledge that sci-fi is a little bit silly. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and then the final scene, which was more of a heartfelt thing, was when John Crichton was kind of trying to record something for his father in case, you know, he didn't make it back to home anytime soon, but wanted to, you know, in case he was able to make contact with him somehow. And he says, you know, calling back to an earlier thing, um, he says, you know those rattles in your stomach you were talking about? Well, I've got him now. And this is talking back, uh, you know, referring back to the conversation where his dad was asking him if he was nervous for this mission. Um, yeah. And he was just kind of like, no, no, not really. And, you know, his dad insists he takes his lucky charm, which as soon as he did, I was I was like, he's not going to see that. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, he's not coming back. That's how you know. I didn't realize that he passed him something off right there. You didn't? The, well, no, no, I did, but I didn't yeah. acknowledge the foreshadowing and make a mental oh, note I see, I of see. keeping it. Because he says, it's basically, and he calls it the, uh, what did he call it in your stomach? The rattles. Rattles, yeah. And and of course, he's he's identifying about the pre-launch jitters, mm-hmm. right? And let, like letting uh, John know, yeah, it's okay. Uh, I, I totally can acknowledge that pre-launch jitter feeling like how do you feel yeah. and he's all stubborn about it because he's talking about yeah when i landed on the moon when i went to mars and that one time that i made love to your mother at zero g uh like he's got all of his war stories and he's like dad i'm just gonna go fly up there for-. so it's like he doesn't want to show any weakness yeah and then gets hurled off on a, an adventure that calling back to later mm-hmm. acknowledges uh like he said earlier, I'm not I'm not the hero, and then he's going to go be heroic. Yeah, and this is way his adventure is way going to overshadow no his dad's. <laughs> like how cool? More than live up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, I think that's all we got for this episode. Do you want to maybe talk about our HBO Max challenge? Oh yeah, I think we've changed it now. 
Because we, we have were gonna a little bit. Just do, yeah, you tell me. What, what do we do in our HBO challenge? So it initially came about because you and I have been talking about, well, what streaming platform are we going to do next? Should we be getting rid of HBO Max? Because I'm kind of running out of things to watch on it. And then it was like, well, maybe we can find something to watch on it. Yeah. Like, should I be keeping HBO Max? Um, you know, because my plan is to keep jumping ship anytime I don't have the content immediately and then build up content on the one I left and eventually come back. So I'm only doing like one side one at a time hulu and netflix for now are like you always have them same with amazon prime you know because i share <laughs> well and, and this is new stuff yeah. this is really novel stuff this is the streaming ones mm -hmm, it is it's really novel because we're creating the culture of how content is consumed right now absolutely and they will respond to it by innovating and creating new stuff like YouTube TV, I think, is almost like a, a dashboard like DirecTV would have been yeah. once upon a time. Oh, that's a good like point. Like DirecTV, Dish Network, the ones that you would have thought might would have might have been first to the game to mm -hmm. incorporate this stuff to keep themselves... Relevant? Yeah. Yeah. And they didn't. Like, they just held on to their ways. Mm -hmm. And now I think you're going to see, and I think this is what YouTube plus or youtube whatever tv whatever it is now youtube red red i don't think yeah. it's that anymore but yeah, yeah red youtube black hard to say yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever it is now see that's the one that couldn't figure out what it was it so needed it's, a brand better. it's only asset but it changed because the one the one asset that it had was that i know of mm -hmm. uh, or that you know of is um cobra kai yeah, yeah, that and it lets you play your YouTube videos in the background, so you can use it as music. I mean, it's a back, you know. No, but <laughs> I'm sorry. I just mean, I just mean to say that that they were creating original content. It was oh, going to yeah. be YouTube content, and then that became Netflix. Mm -hmm. That's a Netflix original. Absolutely. So they got away from that idea. Mm -hmm. So they're not appearing to do create original content no. anymore. Now they're seem to be the channel that you could access all of it on yeah, like package like deals. Yeah, 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 hub, perfect. So um, the way that we're consuming content by do we get rid of these apps do we keep these apps will maybe inform the future of how how streaming what that looks like as it continues to evolve yeah. so these conversations are actually really really interesting and in how they are going to inform the evolution of streaming as a source of media absolutely yeah and you know it's funny as i was kind of trying to come up with the list of hbo shows to do i was just like man there's not a whole lot and then i remembered all of the stuff that is hbo like mm -hmm. i started looking at our list and i was like hell hell a lot of these things are hbo max right. so you know the first thing i we've got on our list right now is doom patrol which is you know the b-lister superheroes for dc um and hbo is the home of dc right now so if you are a dc fanatic you know this is where you go hbo max whereas you know marvel you go to disney mm -hmm. we're starting to create our divide yeah. here <laughs> and, and create an appetite to need all of the apps all the time oh yeah like if you get rid of hbo now and by now, I mean HBO Max now. <laughs> yeah, because they had an HBO Go, HBO Now. Yeah, mm -hmm. something. And then rebranded HBO Max. See, there you go. Like, you're yeah. watching them continue to evolve and create their own brand confusion as they try to get with the times yeah. in, the new, in the new times. CBS All Access. Paramount, Paramount Plus. Plus. <laughs> right. So we're witnessing it like we're yeah. in the middle of this. Uh, it's not like a firefight either. It's like... It's like, is this how evolution happens? It's not just one gene pool. It's a bunch of them. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> it's really wild. Stuff just starting to crawl from it the way it does. Yeah. So, you know, I'm sure that we're going to get through HBO Max. Might still at some point say, yeah, let's cut HBO Max loose. And then, boom, six months later, something on HBO Max that you have to watch. Oh, yeah. No, I don't think um, that quitting any of my streaming platforms will be a permanent thing. Right. I'm not planning to boycott any of them, but like... I can't watch all of the content all yeah. of the time. So, like, you, you have to budget it in. And to me, it's like, okay, so I have an app where I start, like, just adding shows that I want to watch. And once they finish a season, then I'm like, okay, I've got three shows that are completely finished with this season. I'm going to go bank that up and oh. go watch those. So, like, back when I had CBS All Access, that's what I did. I paid for it for a couple months, and we got caught up on Big Bang Theory, Young Sheldon, and Mom. Uh, and neighborhood. <laughs> so you're organized. In your I'm TV organized. Game. Yeah. No, if you're a binger and you're, you know, not wanting to spend a bunch of money on it, you gotta, you've got to really plan on this. You know, I just realized that I'm somebody who the once a week works better for. I yeah. never realized that because I always said I wanted to watch it when I wanted to watch it also. Mm -hmm. But 
I prefer when Star Trek's on. And it's yeah. like, oh, every week I need to, to keep up with it. Because I that's not something that I would be able to watch um, just... Like, I wouldn't be able to wait. wouldn't be able to wait for it to go through its initial run. Yeah. Like, it, it creates a craving for it. That's fair. So I'm I a mean, junkie of a different sort. I'm a fast-fix junkie. I get that. For some <laughs> shows, I can't wait. But for, like, Young Sheldon and Mom, like, oh, they're okay. just not, you know, they're comedy shows and Neighborhood. That's another one I'm I'm going to go there for. But, you know, and, of course, now there's Yellowstone, so now I have things with more gravitas. Yeah. But, you know, there's not, like, this, I have to watch it now. Like, Game of Thrones, you had to watch right then. Otherwise, right. if you didn't watch it in a timely manner, it was going to get spoiled for you. So oh. there's, you know, the need to watch it stat. Are you going to add that to our HBO Max challenge? No, I was just going to say that <laughs> that reminds me that Game of Thrones is going to have a spinoff series oh, come at right. some point in time. Yeah. So they will, you know, they're working as hard as they can to create ways that you need to stick with them all the time. Yeah, Which absolutely. is why mining these these rich universes. Because mm-hmm. some people hate that, it seems like. They go, oh, I, uh, the first one was the best one and the second one was pretty good. And then why do they keep making them after that? It's like, you don't want more of the thing you love. I want all of the thing that I love. Well, I mean, there's there are times where it's very obviously a cash grab. Like, they couldn't get a lot of the original actors, so some other person's in here. You know, like, if I it's agree. not enough like the original content, it really does have to build on the universe and not just call back to the original thing. We don't want just more of the same. We want um, depth of the universe. There you go. That's that's a better stories. way to put it because I don't want to see cash grabs either. I always look at like they make a new Predator movie and I think, well, you went through the effort of making it. Then <laughs> why not make a good one? Like why make one that you know is going to suck? Yeah. Like where do you guys get this idea that we like Predator because it sucked? Like we like Predator because it was really, really good. Yeah. And then you made it suck and then made it like a the video game version of it. So why do you make shitty movies when making good ones are an option? So I don't accept that. But, but when it's like... Uh, you know, Picard's coming back. It's the, the angry nerd that that gets the, oh, yeah, we're returning to the well on this one again. And it's like, no, but Picard is coming. Like, don't you see how significant this is? Oh, yeah. No, that's one where I was like, oh, this is going to have some gravitas. Yeah. This is going to have some weight. Anyway, this is about as long as I could last for a day wearing pants. So <laughs> I've got to get out of here. <laughs> Lisa's a lucky lady. <laughs> Please join our conversation by writing us an email to pilotsthepodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram at pilotsthepodcast, Facebook at pilotsthepodcast, Twitter at pilotsthepod. Don't use Twitter. But hey, <laughs> don't use Twitter if you know it's good for you. <laughs> if you know it's good for you. No, we shouldn't Keep yourself that, <laughs> safe and healthy. Don't use Twitter. Don't get canceled. Don't use Twitter. <laughs> and find our podcast anywhere podcasts can be heard or consumed. See you next week. I'm Riker. And I'm Shmi. And this is Pilot. Pilot.